The views and opinions expressed in the following podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the producers, the affiliates, or digital platforms hosting this podcast. All content is for the purposes of education, conjecture, and at times entertainment. We promote inclusiveness and diversity. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Into the Deep with Jay Costa. Sacred texts from the three prevalent monotheistic belief systems of Christianity, Judaism, and Islam talk of an afterlife. Followers of these faiths believe life after death has been promised by their creator, or they face divine judgment based on their actions or beliefs during life. Buddhists, belief in reincarnation is based on the tradition that the Buddha remembered his past lives when he reached enlightenment. The ancient Egyptians' attitude towards death was influenced by their belief in immortality. They regarded death as a temporary interruption rather than the cessation of life. A recent study from Arizona State University and the University of Wyoming has found that beliefs about the afterlife even predicted how people value and practice sustainability. So what happens to us after we pass? Since he was a child, Mark Christopher Nelson has seen and heard spirits Mark originally became aware of his psychic abilities after the sudden passing of his father when he was 11. Early in his development, Mark only received messages from his father and over time helped him understand that he could use his abilities to help other people connect with their loved ones on the other side. Mark has appeared on ABC's 2020, Ghost Adventures, and Paranormal Witness, as well as Ghost Hunters, Haunted History, and he works as a psychic medium for clients that call from China, Canada, Mexico, Europe, and all across the United States. So join us as we seek light and journey into the deep with Mark. Enjoy. Mark Christopher Nelson, uh, thank you so much for doing this. Hey Jay, it's it's fun to be here, and I'm looking forward to speaking to your listeners, and and hopefully we'll we'll have some fun tonight. Absolutely. Uh, for those who are tuning in and and listening, uh, could you uh, I don't know, give us an introduction to who you are and what you do? Uh, of course, my name is Mark Christopher Nelson. I use my middle name not because I'm full of myself, but <laughs> you have any idea how many Mark Nelsons are out there? Uh, it's like saying I'm John Smith. All right, no one will ever find me. I'm, I might as well just dis- disappear. By Mark Christopher Nelson. Uh, I'm a psychic medium. Uh, I've been doing this work, oh, going on 25 years or so. And um, I, I didn't plan on becoming a psychic medium. It kind of found me. And so um, I, I think it's, it's been the most rewarding journey of my life. It's changed me, and uh, it's given me the opportunity to help a lot of people, I think. That's awesome. I absolutely love that. Um, and I agreed, you know, when you do look, uh, do a search for Mark Nelson and only Mark Nelson, you will see a myriad of uh, posts and things of all oh, yeah. different people. So people in the Australian military, you know, Mark, an actor named Mark. Now there's just, you can find just probably all kinds of unsavory people named Mark Nelson. <laughs> well, but I hope not to be associated with them. Right. Hence the use of Christopher. 
Christopher, yes. <laughs> well, absolutely. I love so, it. <laughs> well, well, Jay, I, I, I can tell you, it started me. I mean, um, I, I realized I was psychic when I was a little kid. If you want to start there. Yeah. Uh, um, well, it started out with a tragedy in my life. When I was 11, uh, my dad uh, went into New York City and he was a victim of a crime uh, and he never came home. He was uh, killed on at work or oh, on his gosh. way back from work. And so we we saw dad in the morning and then we didn't see him again. And then about a month after his funeral, I'm out raking leaves, trying to make believe that life is okay, normal. And I saw, I look up and I see dad standing in our driveway. And I just think, all right, uh, I'm, uh, this is not what I'm used to. My, it's like, it really, I don't know how what an 11 year old says, am I losing my mind? But I was thinking, am I going crazy? Because I mean, we're raised Catholic. You're supposed to do this, you know, kneel, stand, follow what the priest says, you know? And, and so this was outside of that. And I saw him and I was just like, dad, I, I, I don't know. I think you're dad, but I'm not ready for it. He was just being smiling and benevolent and kind. And he went away and then I'm at school and I see him again out a window. And I'm thinking, all right, I'm really losing my mind. I mean, people called me a little daydreamer when I was a kid. And now I think it's because I was like noticing other people that weren't supposed to be there, but they always said, oh, you're such a daydreamer. It's like, well, I'm, I'm seeing other things, as it turns out, as, as I look at it as an adult at it. So I told Dad, please go away. I don't, I'm not ready for this. And then um, flash forward um, 20, 20 years. Um, I'm out taking a walk um, after a busy day. I work as a writer in, in advertising. I didn't. I mean, I have different level titles, whatever. But, I mean, I write. And so uh, I'm needing to clear my head at the end of the day. My, my wife and I had just moved to St. Louis. Mm. Uh, we had a little girl. We're oh. trying to have a life. And then I'm just thinking, so I wish dad could have met my wife, Barb, who had seen our daughter. And I heard this voice in my head very clearly say, I can, I have, I have met them. It's like, all right, all right. Is this what the, the onset of schizophrenia is? like you know it's like what am i dealing with here what is this and so it's like i'm having a spirited conversation with this voice in my head saying all right if you're really dad tell me something i don't know and the voice told me that my brother glenn uh was surrounded by green ivy and white walls so i called my mom who's back in la and i say hey uh had a crazy dream about glenn um i saw him surrounded by green ivy and white walls just, that's so funny. That's he just got a job at a place called the Green Ivy, and they have Green Ivy, White Walls, and it's like, oh, oh my gosh, what a coincidence! Hmm. What an oddity. Okay, so I went out and took another walk and wanted to see if I could hear that voice, and I got other messages and other messages, validated them, you know, but making phone calls to family, and then I decided to figure out: Am I? Is this just family, or did they tell me something? Did I hear from someone? I forget, I need to go someplace where I don't know anybody or anything about people in the place to see if this works. I went into this little psychic bookstore. And um, at this bookstore, I said, I think I'm psychic. Can I, can I try reading somebody? It's kind of like stumbling into a, you know, like just, <laughs> Duh, I don't know what I'm doing, help me. And so I did. And they, they, the, the manager said, well, you can try to read me. And 
And then I just kind of relaxed for a minute. And I said, it feels like you have a son and that your son got beat up by some other guys and that he literally had to take a few days off from school because he took such a beating and that your father's there with him. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Would you like to work for us? It was just kind of like, oh, that worked. (laughs) (laughs) For lack of better vernacular. Right. You know? For lack of, and so I, that's what I, and I started reading for people and then I started to realize how I can use this, this uh, ability, this gift. And that, I mean, how do I benefit people? How do I, what do people really need to hear? Right. And people will often come to me with readings and they, they think they know what they need to hear. And I'll say, I, you know, I always ask when I do a reading, may I tell you what I hear first? And then you may ask any questions you like, hmm. because I don't need to be led. You, you know, I don't have to ask leading questions because it just, you know, it kind of gets in the way. I mean, it can get in the way. There are other times where I have clients that I've read for multiple occasions and they, they know things. And it's more like, I, I need to know this. What do you hear about this? And we've already established, you know, a connection. Right. And so I'll say, okay, um, all right, that name, don't, that name doesn't work. Okay, this, this, this. Or I'll just say, just give me a minute. Let me get to this. And then, you know, we would just cool your jets and then we'll do it. And then other people just, please, let's, let's go here. And I know you, I know, you know, we have a limited amount of time and I want to address certain things. Okay. So I, but I like to go like 95% of the time. I'm just saying, let me get it out and then we can talk. All right. And so I, from doing that, I started to, um, think I could only read for people in person. And then I realized, oh, I can read for people. Um, someone said, you want to try the phone? And that scared the hell out of me because it's like, wow. I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Let's try it. <laughs> Take <laughs> it for a spin. <laughs> Let's do a face plant. I'm doing a face planting into psychic mediumship. <laughs> the proverbial oh, nesty plunge. It's like rather than hitting face on concrete, I kind of like, oh, that kind of worked when I kind of get out of the way, you know, it's like, get mm. out, put your fears over there, put them in a box, put that concern over there and just roll. And so that's how I began to do this. And I even have like, I'm going to joke with myself. Like if I get in front of a lot of people or I'm in uh, a unique situation, I basically have a little conversation with myself and it's again, a little borderline schizophrenia, but no, <laughs> <laughs> I'll say it's like, hey, Mark, you're bothering me. Go have a drink. Wait in the bar. We'll catch up. With, go back. Watch something on TV. Just go away for a little while. And now I can do my work. And so it, it's about uh, peeling off the id. It's about peeling off your self-consciousness mm. and just kind of moving forward and then allowing uh, God, spirit, whatever vernacular you want to use, the universe, it all applies. And um, then I just try to convey the messages I receive. And, um, and, it's, and it's been working. Like I said, um, it's funny. It's like I realized I could read for people on TV. And then someone said, you want to read in front of like an audience, like a group of people? It's like, oh, um, sure. Let's try that too. So it's like, you know, it's like keep like, I don't know what I can do with this until I do it. Right. And so I ended up getting a chance. I've now like my, the biggest group I've read for, there were two other mediums on stage, but I was one of the, I was like, you know, um, 
it was our audience. We could basically take turns reading the audience, but I was in front of 800 people, which is pretty good. Yeah. And doing platform reading in front of a large group like that is, is like crowd surfing like you've never done before. <laughs> you know, it really is wild. And, and I realized that there are people standing up and it's just like, I don't know how this is going to work, but I'm just going to let it come through me. And um, there's a guy I'm seeing over here. Okay, I'm seeing this person here. And I just, you know, try not to get in the way. And spirit helps me. Uh, without uh, spirit working through me, I'm just a guy with a dumb look on my face. You know, truly. Stop. <laughs> no, it comes through. I just got to get out of the way, Mark. Go relax. Go have fun. Talk to yourself. Whatever. I'm mm. going to, we're going to do, you know, try to be of service. Wow. And so that's, that's how I do this. And from doing that, um, I've had a chance to do TV shows. I've had a chance to uh, uh, do paranormal investigating from people in the audience. I mean, I, like I said, it's almost like a, a, it's one thing great about spirit and working with spirit is that you don't really know where it's going to take you. You know, I mean, I thought about uh, writing, I, I may end up still writing a book. I had a book started but I was just too busy doing readings mm. and I just kind of like, I'm just going to keep doing readings because it's uh, the book would help at a certain point, but I'm too kind of busy to get to it yet. And then uh, doing the shows is kind of fun and interesting. It's almost like figuring out other ways to whatever your favorite thing is. Can I do it in this environment? Can I do it here? Will spirit be with me here if I'm still focused and connected? Mm. So, um, and what I would say, Jay, is that like, I'm sure you talk to a lot of people, but, it, and I would just say that the one thing I would, I would encourage anyone who's wondering about, about their own psychic ability is that don't edit it, uh, let it come through and, um, be a little patient with yourself. And I say this a lot. I reserve the right to be wrong. I reserve the, because any psychics, I'm 100% psychic and then you're full of crap, hmm. you know? Even like really, I and I watch people, and I've, I've been fortunate enough to be around some people I really admire, and um, they they don't get everything right. And you know what it is is like once you kind of like take yourself off that little hook where it's like if I say anything wrong, I'm not valid. Well, it's like I'm I feel very blessed that I'm valid quite a bit of the time, and also too, it's like Jay, if you and I are sitting in a coffee shop and I told you something. And then you turn around and try to tell someone else, even in a face-to-face, in, -face, in human, you know, in close proximity, the telephone game mm -hmm. has its, um, it's revealing. It's like, I hear something from someone in spirit, and then I convey it, and I can be really close or right on, or I'm surprised. I'm, I'm still, I love being surprised, because I, I, the idea that I wouldn't be surprised, I mean, I, I can't even imagine that. You know, I mean, I, I'm just, I embrace the moment and I'm hearing it about the, I'm aware of what I'm saying as I say it. You know, it's not like mm. I memorize lines for a, a theater production and I know exactly the inflection I'm going to use here. It's like, mm. it's nothing like that. I just get up and, okay, all right, there's someone here. I see them there. And then I let them take over. So they're showing me things. I mean, so it's, I've been rambling for a bit. So no, this is great. Uh, but it's just fun. It's like, and I, I encourage people that if they want to do this, to learn to find that other voice in their head, 
mm. and to trust it. And that also too, I tell people that uh, spirit, um, the universe, God is going to use whatever you bring to the table. Let's say you're a very musical guy, or you're you're really um, good at, at sketching or drawing. Um, the universe, spirit, God will use all of those talents of yours to um, bring forth messages that you need to convey. I mean, it can come through music, it can come through art, singing, and but it's you just it's good. You you your your talents will be utilized in the most um, effective way possible, and I believe that because spirit is 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 wonderful, and I'm and I'm so glad to rely on it. I love that. Oh my gosh, I love it. And um, so, do you? I guess you know if you don't mind, you know, whatever uh, you want, delving in. You feel as a, as a conduit of sorts, right? Yeah. And you were talking about you know putting the book that you're authoring on hold. Do you yeah. ever try and tap into spirit to see if it's the right time or look for you oh, all the time? Yeah. All the time. I get it in the back of my head. I mean, here's the one thing is I, I think that anyone that is wondering about their disability, um, you can control it. Mm. It's not like I, I really have very little patience for people who say, I can't control the psychic part of my mind. Oh, poor me. Like, Give it a rest, mm-hmm. grow up, figure out how to use this. You've been given a talent, learn how to control it. Someone gives you a beautiful, uh, a pony. Here is a great pony. What are you going to do with the pony? You're going to let the pony kick you in the butt and wander around and mess things up. No, you're going to learn how to ride the pony, mm-hmm. you know? So, so that's what I would say. And so learn how to manage this. And one of the things I do recommend very much is um, meditating. Learning mm-hmm. how to um, control where your mind goes. Okay, so um, in meditation, you, it's important that you learn how to quiet your mind and to find um, a little peace, a little solitude in here, because it's in that uh, silence that you can begin to hear voices. You can begin to hear the messages that you're supposed to um, to deliver, to to convey. Or to receive for myself, you know, it's like, you know, I wonder what am I supposed to be doing here or there? Uh, is this the right time for the book? The book? I mean, um, I I do I give messages to my wife, to my myself. I write notes. Also, too, when I'm doing readings for other people, I sometimes recognize, oh, that's for me. Okay, <laughs> duly noted. You know, hmm. so um, so let's see. I mean. Anyone that, and so if you want to develop your psychic ability, if you want to tap into it, um, learn to find that silence. And it's very simple, I think, it, or you can start out making it simple. If I, I know a lot of people that say, Jay, I can't, I can't meditate. I don't know how to quiet my head. I said, well, I don't know how those people can do it for hours and then. I said, I'm not sure either. Why don't, why don't you try doing it for 30 seconds, 15 seconds? Pay attention to your breathing. Let yourself relax and loosen up your shoulders, you know, take a walk and just be present. Really, to me, um, what meditation does is helps you become present in the moment that you're there so that in the event that spirit does come to you, you can be uh, in a position to hear the message Mm. and to be relaxed with the message and then to grasp what its intention is and what you're supposed to do. 
that's that's a lot of it you know i'm sure there are people people that teach take lessons and do all these i mean the other thing with meditation is don't try hard try easy mm. let yourself kind of slide into it this isn't supposed to be uh, an arduous thing it's a i call it my seven minute vacation <laughs> i'm going to take a little brief vacation from worrying about did i pay the phone bill do i have a deadline coming up who who's up next now, all of this stuff that we all deal with you know yeah so, Think of it as just a little break for you where you're not worried about the stuff that gives you anxiety, helps you feel stressed, makes you doubt yourself. Just be in the moment. And then you can start to hear answers that would help you in turn answer those questions. You know, why am I feeling anxious today? It's like, what is this unnamed thing that is making me feel very irritable? I'm, I, I need to be a little quiet in order to sort that out. Hmm. And then in that quiet, you start to get useful messages. And then you can get other things that, like say for my clients, I mean, I, I mean really, the, the, I'll, I'll get a little quiet, I'll relax. I light a candle, hmm. I've got it, just one. And I just kind of look at it and let my, my, my head, the idea too is if you focus on one thing versus everything, you're you're kind of on your way into a meditative state, and and you can meditate without a candle. A candle, if you want to breathe, if you're breathing, pay attention to your breath. Right. Be be quiet. And if and if your audience knows this, I'll I'll just and you know this. It's just that that's been my process and a lot of my learning. Hmm. So it's been fun, and uh, like I said, you never know where it's going to take you. You know, Jay. I mean. I'm sure you, you've talked to other psychics and other people that I love the title uh, going deep. I think it's, it's very interesting. Very interesting. Thank you very much. Something you want to ask me about or. Yeah. I, I guess. Can it be challenging at times uh, if you're feeling open to spirit as a conduit, can it be challenging at times? And do you ever experience a myriad of not voices, but messages or out of a lack of better terms, like a, like frequencies or things that are happening and infiltrating your mind? Well, one thing I do um, recommend before, and it's a great question. Um, I try to, I'll say a prayer. I kind of like get used to hearing that one voice in my head. I also too, in order to um, get the messages to a place where I, I can understand them, I often write because mm-hmm. writing kind of slows. If you're yelling at people, I mean, and you, you can hear 10 things, but you can write one. Right. So that's been part of my process. I'll write something down and say, okay. And then I can tell when I'm in it, where I'm writing, um, like my penmanship changes a little bit, becomes a little more specific. Right. Uh, and so, but I would say with all of these voices, you know, it's like it, one time that in one or one version of that, that does happen is if I'm in a, uh, I'm doing platform reading for a lot of people and it feels like I'm at an auction. I'm looking around and, People are all throwing their hands up and, and but they're people in spirit, you know. Right. They're over here. Hey, my mom is here. Hey, my I, I died from this. I, I, my wife is right there in the front. I mean, all of these things have occurred. Right. And so I, I really do um, go in with the greats. Um, I always protect myself. Good. I say prayers. I surround myself in the white light of love and divine protection. Because in this open state, you can be... Um, 
uh, impacted. You know, I, I don't know about because I, I thank God I haven't met uh, a truly demonic possession, but I've seen and dealt with people who are oppressed. You can, there's a difference between being oppressed and possessed. Hmm. And so I don't want either one, you know, and, and I've been oppressed once where it changed, um, changed my personality. I've been married a long time. Hmm. So, um, uh, we went into a um, house with a very bad history and mm -hmm. where a serial killer had lived and mm -hmm. his spirit was still there. And he's a very, it's a very famous case in Los Angeles. And um, Barb and I walked out and this guy had killed, I don't know, we, we don't know how many women, it, well in excess of a dozen women Dear. and um, quite possibly dozens of women. Um, and so, um, I kind of left myself open to him, I guess, because when Barbara and I got home, that's my wife, we got into like, we usually don't have terrible screaming, you know, veins sticking out of your neck kind of fights. And we did. And then it was like, this seems out of character for us. Mm. Let's think about this. What? I mean, because we usually don't go there. You know, it's not like I want to, you know. Right. And so we realized, okay, we just came out of an environment where the serial killer uh, would kill a lot of women, bury them in you know, pieces in the basement. And then, and so when you're around that, it's like, oh, you know what? I'm sorry for being kind of a, an idiot. And I should have been more protected. And I've been in other places where like not good things have occurred. Mm. So the idea is you go in and you uh, make it very clear to yourself and to wherever you're, whatever you're dealing with in spirit that I'm playing for the light. I'm on the team of the, I'm here for the light. I'm here um, to be of service to people who don't want to be oppressed. And then you, you can start to see who's here, what's here. I've done uh, house clearings and it's uh, very interesting work. And so um, I, I like being able to, I mean, for just for in all transparency, I do charge for readings, mm -hmm. but if I'm called out to do uh, an investigation where we're trying to help a family and help a group of people, um, then I don't charge for that. And I'll just go out and try to, to do, do something. Also too, uh, very often the people in spirit are our clients as well as the people who are in, you know, mm -hmm. on the physical plane, you know, right. because they may feel trapped. They may be confused. They may be longing for someone who hears them yeah. and is willing to connect with them. Um, you know, if you're in an environment where uh, there may have been bad guys, quote unquote, people who were killers and yeah. whatnot, but then there would also uh, very possibly be victims. And so you want to be of service to, to help. I mean, and people who were criminal in life may have, you know, quote unquote, seen the light, understand that they don't want to be here anymore. In fact, I found like a lot of um, quote unquote hauntings have to do with people who are afraid to, um, to deal with God. They, they were raised in a certain religious belief and they're unaware of there being forgiveness. They might feel I did something unforgivable. I'm a bad guy. There are people that will stay 
just as you and I know people that do all the wrong things for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. Why are you with her? Why are you with him? Why did you take that job? Why did you quit? You know, all of that. Right. So it continues on the other side. Unfortunately, I hate to bring it to everybody's attention. <laughs> Wow. If you keep picking something the wrong person every time, you're not paying attention, mm-hmm. right? So, but um, so they'll they'll come and they'll people. I mean, I've had whatever you would describe as criminals and murderers say, "I'm I was wrong. I I, I asked for forgive I me. Mean, I'm not forgiving them. They're forgiving themselves. <laughs> they're going to the universe and saying, you know, I I want to you know experience love and forgiveness, and so. Um, the universe tends to, sure, yeah, yes, come. They always find if they come to the other side with uh, love and forgiveness and and understanding that they they need to uh, you know recognize what they did and how it hurt other people and to ask for forgiveness for it. Where I tend to believe we are forgiven. Not to get into too much liturgical doctrine here. Try to avoid that. It's all non-denominational. Whatever your religion is, whatever your faith, whatever your belief system is, right. if you really want to be forgiven and you feel like that you, you know, you're asking to be forgiven, you'll be forgiven. That's my understanding. Oh. My understanding. Right on. I'm I, just this guy. You know? I agree with you. I do. I feel, I feel the same way. I'm on the I'm on the same page as that. Love and forgiveness for sure. Yeah. That's why we we come here to learn love and to love and. Um, a lot of that entails forgiveness. It's all kind of the thing that yeah. keeps going. Hundred percent. Do you feel the the sensation? I don't. Pardon the vernacular I may use. Uh, are they sensations, feelings, thoughts? Do you feel a deeper connectedness through like psychometry versus just? Oh, open- I love psychometry. Okay. You know, just so you know, um, psychometry is. Um, it's the sense of touch, reading something through picking up an object, a ring, a bracelet, someone, um, like if I'm working at a large event, I'll ask people to bring forward their objects on and lay them on the table. And I don't know who owns water belongs to what or who. And I pick it up and, um, I immediately start to get messages. And the, the idea is, is that if you believe that we are energetic beings, and you've seen aura photography, you see that we are not the, my skin, your skin is not the end of our energy as we tend to glow, emit, present. Um, I, I imprint on my ring. If someone who's very comfortable with psychometry, they might hold my ring and go, oh, that guy. Oh, let me tell you what I hear. Oh my God. Well, he's nuts. No, there's all these people in his head. He's schizophrenic. No, not okay. But I mean, <laughs> so but it really works and you know it really is a tool of divination mm. uh, the, the tarot tarot you say tarot i say tarot tarot let's call the never mind um let's call the whole thing up <laughs> and then shirts waiters and waitresses are working hard tonight hard as well, five o'clock shows different than the six o'clock show be sure to come back <laughs> precisely so <laughs> but just the idea that you know we we all emit something and we all imprint and that's why I think, too, that like uh, a home can have an echo of someone who lived in it before. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if you have something, let's say you lose your dad or your mom and you hold their glasses, you might feel 
of course, the sentimentality of your memories, but you may be feeling some of their energy that is still uh, on the object itself, immersed in it, imprinted on it. I think that that really does happen because it's the only way to explain some of the things that I'm able to hear. I mean, some of the stuff is funny. It's like, um, you, you just, like you, I, I would see like this little, I saw this little skinny, twirly, kind of a braided necklace, like a little girl would wear. And, and I pick it up and I'm seeing home run, home run. I'm seeing someone drive, hitting the ball like a softball or playing baseball. So whoever worn this plays baseball a lot. And it turns out this great big hulking guy comes up. Yeah, it's my nieces and she just played softball. And it's like, oh, that's funny. Oh, I got a better one for you. Um, I'm doing this event and all of these table things are laying on a table. And one weird one stands out. It looks like a little doll about, oh, six inches tall, seven, something like that. And it looks like the Cracker Jack doll, like the little sailor. And the oh, yeah. Jack. Yeah, that guy. You were just doing, you were just doing him perfectly. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, and I pick him up and I hear surrounded by love. He's surrounded by love. Why is this, this little doll is surrounded by love? And then all of these, like six or seven women started screaming and hollering in the audience, like laughing, you know. And it's like, um, anybody want to own this? And it's like, uh, we all own that. We we were taking turns putting him down our cleavage and taking selfies. <laughs> Surrounded by love. <laughs> <laughs> I am not one to judge. I just realized it's like I'm turning shades of red on stage. And it's like, yeah, yeah, sure. I'd say the same thing if I was in the same place as him. If he could talk. If he could talk, I think he just did. I'm surrounded by love. All right, good enough. So many memories. Oh, <laughs> this gentleman is playing the 8 o'clock The Late Show. Be sure to come back for him. He's going to get part of the routine in the first show, just as good in the second one. That was a drink special. <laughs> oh, Man. crap. <laughs> I'm really enjoying this conversation. Ah, oh, <laughs> gosh, is do you do you find that there are times where like maybe the gift isn't as strong as like other times, and you have yes. to, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I one thing I try to rely on my process, which is you know it's like I tend not to go in without being prepared, having my head in the right place. Mm. But there are sometimes there have been a few readings. Where I'll say it's like, okay, um, you know what? This isn't working, and I've given a few refunds to people. And, mm -hmm. I, and I do think that uh, if you want a good reading from someone, you, you, it helps to be open. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, I'm human. I've, I've like gotten through part way through reading, and I realize I'm so tired, mm -hmm. I can barely think. And I recognize that being like physically exhausted is not conducive to doing this work. I have to be relaxed, but uh, rested and, and, and aware. And so, um, I mean, really, those instances are very, very minor, are very, very rare for me. I mean, uh, I also, one of the things, too, is when I do phone readings, I kind of, in some ways, they're easier for me because I'm not seeing people emote, um, get worked up, get make, I mean, it's just like, 
I, I appreciate what they're feeling. I want them to want to connect. But more than connecting with the person and reading, per se, the, the sitter who's in front of me, I want to be conscious of this, the spirit being who's there who's conveying messages. So uh, what that, so um, I guess, you know, I've had people that are like stone faces and they're just like, all right, there you're, you're just not, I'm not getting it. I don't care. I'm going to keep going. I have, I can only give what I get. Right. I can't, you know, I'm not going to, I'm going to just keep going. And then at the end of it, they'll say, that was amazing. Thank you. Thank you. It's like, okay, cool. I thought I, I didn't know if I was striking out. It's like, if you start paying too much attention for the validation as you go, it right. can be uh, a distraction that gets in the way of, of delivering a good message. I'll ask, does this making sense for you? Yes, mm -hmm. no. If they say nothing, it's like, all right, then don't say a thing. I'm going to keep going. Right, you know, yeah. You paid. It's your hour. Right, yeah. This way, <laughs> your half hour. Let's go. You know? and, and do you feel like it's a stream of, of consciousness? Or do you feel it's a stream of like at times or sometimes it's not? Like, uh, pardon oh, my ignorance. Yeah. I just... No, these are all great questions. Um, great, but look, sometimes I really do get into channeling where I'm just like, all right, I, I'm just going to really almost feel like I do slump over. I kind of get quiet and then I just try to keep up. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I read with my eyes closed. Sometimes I'm reading with my eyes open. But it really, like sometimes I'm just running to catch up. I tell people um, you can record if you like and I would recommend it, but I can, if I fly through something and you want me to revisit it, I'll try to remember um, what I said, because I don't always remember what I say because I'm just kind of going as fast as I can. I think this is what it is. And they'll take notes and say, can you look at this? You mentioned this. And then like, oh, okay, I can quote unquote back up the truck a little bit and see what I missed, you know, but it's, um, it, I, and to a little expand on it, I see movies, I get your words, I um, see pictures. Sometimes I get fragrances. I feel like my, I'm, like my feet are in the sand. I'll tell clients, it's like, your feet are in the sand. You're walking on a sandy beach, but there's pine trees. Or whatever it is. Right. You know? Funny, this one lady said, I see you looking over into water, and then your glasses fall off. And so I didn't know if that was a metaphor or not. It turns out she was going to Kirk's and Kate, uh, Kate I, I, the, in the Caribbean, Kirk's and Kato's, or I'm, I'm messing up the name. Mm. All right, I haven't been there. All right, but anyway, she told me that she remembered the reading, and then she looked over the side of, of the pool she was in, and they plunked in, and she just like, oh, <laughs> yeah, it, it hit her. And then the other stuff was kind of hitting her too. And we get validations that that come later that you don't always, you don't know. You know, it's like doesn't make sense now. It's like, just write it down. It might make sense later. Um, mm. This one lady I read for, uh, she had two sons. One of them, um, he died of a opioid overdose. He, mm. he, he got, uh, there was, he'd been clean. He went back, he used something. Uh, he wasn't up to it anymore. It was too much. It killed him. I think actually it was like a, it was fentanyl. It was like fake. <sighs> And it killed him. It was a young guy. But then he was in, I was in, uh, he kept telling me to refer to his brother as the brain trust. The brain trust. Okay. That's, I'm just saying, he said to call him, he calls his brother the brain trust. She conveyed that message to 
her son, who was a college kid, and he goes, I was in a chat room with four friends and they like two days ago, and they were calling me the brain trust in this chat where there was nobody else. So it's like, and then he picked up on their brain trust. It makes me think that my brother was also there, you know, as a uh, listening in. I mean, how else would I, I mean, it was very direct, the brain trust. He's saying, and he said he wasn't, it wasn't like a common name for him. It, he just was doing some brainy work and they called him that. Wow. That was interesting. That is interesting, especially with that, those two words in particular, just the, the combination of those two. Sure. And, wow. and just, you know, it's like this guy was not, I mean, he was young and he passed too suddenly and it, you know, hurt his family. And, and, but he, and he was very conscious of wanting to make sure that they knew I did not commit suicide. It was not suicide. I didn't, because I mean, as terrible as it is to lose uh, a son, a young teenage son, it, the only thing that could possibly make it worse possibly um, is the idea that he may have taken his own life or yeah. daughter taking hers. Right. And it seems like that there, are, it's really tragic not to get too off topic, but I have heard more than a couple young people um, who accidentally passed from overdoses. And, and I, and it's a recurring pattern where they, they get away from drugs. They're clean for a while. Their immunity to it, their tolerance for it diminishes over time because they're getting clean. And then they go back to what they were using and it kills them. Right. And it's just, and, and it's just so tough in the families. People, like they always say, just one last time and then it goes bad. And so in any case, I'm, I'm usually, it's usually really helpful them to say he's sorry it was an accident he understands it and he's okay now or she's okay now they're they're not being you know again like i was raised catholic you know it's against the rules to commit suicide i understand that but um sometimes people um, do things because they're in so much pain right and so um that to explain of some you know as much as i'm i'm not the expert i'm just this guy who hears things and I'm being messages being conveyed to me that they're not being punished. They're learning. They're okay. They're aware of what you've done for them, and that you know they're continuing. Their consciousness survives the body. It's another phrase that comes to me a lot. Consciousness survives the body. For anyone who loses someone, they they wonder is it just quiet? I mean, by the way, a lot of people are so uh, in grief that they're saying, I miss you, I miss you, miss you. But it's hard for someone in spirit to get a word in edgewise mm. because they're, they're the person that they're trying, person in spirit is trying to reach someone who is in you know, great pain and is dealing with grief and they can't find any quiet in their, their mind. And so um, people said, just meditate and then you'll hear me because I whisper, I don't yell. <clears throat> I can't compete with all of the noise. And that's why they do funny things. They'll play with lights. They'll, they'll, they'll move things. They'll do whatever they can in order to get your attention. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and do you, do you feel 
maybe uh, having gone through, you know, the, the lockdown part of the pandemic, was there a change in what you were feeling at all? Um, you know what? It made me realize that many, many people um, suffer or enjoy or miss the same things. There, there's a lot of depression out there. That's been a tough time to be single because um, how do you meet someone if everyone is in a mask and you're not allowed to go out? I mean, how do you feel? How do you have a sense of trust? I'm going to meet someone new. Mm -hmm. it, it, everything is slowed down or um, prevented almost. And so um, I, I think that, I mean, I really think that this whole thing is evil. I think there's an evilness behind it. Um, I, I feel like that it's hurt people through depression, through death, through loss. It, I mean, every person I, I've literally, I'm not trying to brag, I'm just telling you that I read for people literally almost around the globe. I haven't read for people directly in, in China, but I've read um, in the Far East and in the Middle East and Europe and North and South America and Mexico, just Central. I've been, everyone, as a comment about, is it going to end? Is it going to end? What's what does it really mean? And so, I think it in some ways it it opened my eyes to the idea that I mean you hear about it and you and you you kind of know it, but then you run into it where you see so many of us have the same needs and wants. I want this. I want to be loved. I want to have someone. I want someone to recognize me. I want someone to know who I am. I want to feel like I belong. I, I want to be validated for the things I'm trying to do. Everybody, I want to take care of my kids. I want to try to be a better person. I don't want to hurt someone. I want to do, you know, it, that, it's not universal, but there are people in every country of the world that I've dealt with that, that miss their mom, their dad, their their kids. We we all share this, and it it kind of helps me, you know, look at people differently. And I hope that maybe just talking about this, other people might, you know, come to realize that we we, you know, so many of us miss and want and need the same things, and it can help you be a little more empathetic. Little more. It's beautiful. I love that. It's you, just how it is. Me. Do you uh, do you feel that you're able to now that things are opening up a little bit more? Do you feel like when it was during the lockdown, maybe you were getting more or less? voices or no same you know it's it was the same it never stopped and the reason is is that people in spirit um they're not affected by mm. they don't have to get in the car to go see someone right you know and that the people who were if anything i would say my business may have picked up a little bit my um i think people are missing the people they miss maybe a little more feeling right. a little more isolated i get i mean I've dealt with people who were, it's like, I have to ask them, are you 
feeling really depressed? Do you want to hurt yourself? You should go to a suicide line. You know, I'm right. uh, my role here is to just I'm here to help you connect with people and to maybe provide and, and to provide guidance as to what it is that is is coming up next for for you should you decide to pursue it. Right. You know, and uh, so that was something I, I do I do I I've just ta- I've talked to doctors I've talked to we talk about people being depressed I've talked to depressed people you know and so also to if you do this work, it goes back to that. Anyone who's listening or is considering it, be sure to, you know, if you are an empath and it's most likely that you have empathetic or uh, empath tendencies, if you do this work, to keep yourself clean and make sure that there are no energy suckers on you and to just protect your yourself. Otherwise, you can't be of any service to anyone else. You know, in fact, it's one thing I would say too, Jay, is that, um, Doing this work encourages me to be somewhat dispassionate, like mm-hmm. to be more of an observer, because if I get pulled into the pain and suffering that I'm being uh, made aware of, I can't function in the same way as I could as if I was being kind of cool and uh, calm about it. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, it's every week there's someone who's lost the, the, the love of their life, the, the center of their universe. And uh, it's my job to convey it without coming apart. Right. That's going to be challenging. It's, it's, you know, as long as I'm focused on why I'm here and what I'm doing, I can manage it. Mm-hmm. But there have been times where it's like, oh, God, this is a rough night. You know, it's like I talk to a couple people in a, in a row and, and I have to, like, the, I would tell you that my easy outlet, and I try to avoid it, and I do avoid it when I'm conscious, is I, I need a, a really tall old-fashioned. I want a tumbler of bourbon. Thank you very much. And I, and I recognize that fully that that's not. Hey, kids, don't do that. Don't do what Mark just said. Don't do that. The bad plan. It sucks. It will, you will have nothing good comes from a tumbler of bourbon. And feeling sorry for yourself. Nothing. <laughs> Don't do it, kids. <laughs> Don't do it. You heard it here first. Marcus Van Nelson, not endorsing an old-fashioned, but endorsing an old-fashioned. Do you have a, a big gulp old-fashioned for me? <laughs> big gulp old-fashioned. Those are four words that should never go together. <laughs> oh, and man. only bad happens. Okay. Right so but but in truth, it's like what I what makes me feel better. So I'll go out and just breathe a little air, right. uh, just clear my head and laugh. Hmm. And try not to, you know, rec- just recognize that we're all tr- we're all trying to figure out something. Mm-hmm. We're all trying to become. Hopefully, most of us are trying to become better people. And uh, that's that's. If you're thinking about that, that you're a long way towards where you, you probably want to go. I couldn't agree more. It's definitely one of the things that I keep in the front of my mind is sure. always trying to be a better person every day and learn from the things that I've done, correct those things, you know, acknowledge that. I'll still make mistakes, but as long as I'm trying to move in a positive forward direction, mm-hmm. not hurting anybody, not hurt myself. Yeah. You know. well, I would think in doing your show too that you meet a lot of people that are um, opening your eyes and and giving you a chance to absorb maybe something you didn't know or didn't expect. 
100%. I think part of this too, for me is just as much as a learning experience. You know, I want to share thoughts and ideas and then learn from those and try and just, in my opinion, feel like that if we're all part of this consciousness or we're all part of this energy field where, you know, mm-hmm. this time frame, especially now more than ever, how crucial it is for us to be able to have open dialogue and talk and shift into a loving, caring paradigm. What I would say too, like just a, I agree everything you said. I said I, I try to get people to pay attention to how you're feeling. Mm. Like if you're feeling stressed, you know, one of the people would rather uh, have a tumbler of bourbon or do something stupid rather than acknowledge I'm not comfortable right now and I don't know why I'm feeling really. There's, there's something that's gnawing at me and I'm either unable to or unwilling to look at the cause of that. And so if you don't examine the things that are making you uncomfortable, you can't really address them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, in a perfect world, not my world, but I try to be conscious of the things that it's like, I've got a level of anxiety, anxiety pardon me, that is troubling me and I can't put a finger on the cause. I talk to lots of people, you know, people dealing with anxiety. It's irrational. It's, it's real. It, it can be limiting. It can be painful, but um, to, to actively pay attention to what affects your moods and in, in part, what makes you happy, what makes you sad um, is a great, start towards becoming more fulfilled and more calm and more self this level of self-awareness i mean it's it's what you're always aiming for that you want to be self-aware but you know there's the difference between being self-aware and totally neurotic but i mean the idea that you can find a healthy place where you say all right i didn't enjoy that experience or that person made me uncomfortable or gosh i was really happy in their company and this this worked out really cool just it's funny to me it's not funny but it's it's challenging when you think of how many people go around and it's like i don't know what makes me happy Hmm. i don't know what makes you happy you don't know well congratulations you're on the precipice of finding some really cool things out about yourself so you know be open to these feelings of what makes you happy and Write it down. I actually went through a clinical depression, and one of my steps in recovery was the, the my my psychiatrist said, "Hey, write down the things that make you happy. Keep a little notebook in your pocket. Pay attention to it." And that's why it's like I kind of preach this whole thing. It's like you know, start to pay attention to things that feel good to you, and why, you know, um, you know, seeing a little kid chase you know, run and throw a ball and laugh hysterically for no reason. It's like, okay, I was there once. What, what, how can I maybe experience a little bit of that again? And uh, then you start taking steps in good directions and you start paying attention to things that, that give, you know, add a little light to your day. And it's wonderful. It really is. Do you, do you feel that there are times when, you know, you're able to get into that state of happiness and joy and you feel oh, yeah. that 
and that joy, does that compound or help in any way with your gift that you have in your I opinion? Think that's an interesting, I hadn't thought about it that way, but you know what I would say is that happiness can be a habit that if you choose to look for something that makes you happy and then you look to choose, I mean, you, you can, you can put yourself in a place where you continually look for things that feel right, feel better for you, you know, and then you start to pursue those. Um, I think that at a psychic level, I mean, I, I understand, I mean, I I wish I could say I'm all knowing and all seeing and I never make mistakes. (laughs) (laughs) No, pardon me. (laughs) That was for the people in the back rows. Okay. Did you, did you hear him? Okay, good. (laughs) One more time for the people in the back. (laughs) (laughs) But it's it's just, it's something you strive for, you know? And so I try to be conscious of it. Um, I try to use, you know, what I have and, Everybody. I mean, my mom is funny. She, she knows, has no idea how I developed this. She's like, says, I know it's real. I know I see it, but I, I'm like a stone, a rock. I don't hear a thing. It's like, well, you have other gifts and you, and thank God that you do. You know, you took care of six kids and then you took care of stepbrother. And I'm um, my, after my dad died, when I was 11, my mom ended up marrying, um, arguably his best friend, her, uh, his best friend. And um, he had been divorced and he came into, uh, we, we went from having six of us to eight of us wow. in a not very big house. Hey, here's something you shouldn't do. Don't bring um, eight kids to live in a house that's 1,600 square feet. Wow. It's not a good plan. And, and if the adults smoke, and they close the windows in the winter. It's not good, you know. Let the- <laughs> Surgeon let the- General warning here. Yeah, just, yeah. just put that in a black bar across black box warning. Right. Do not force children. Uh, you will lose. Your- they will force you to smoke more. Right. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> eight. Uh, we were eight. Eight kids within ten years of each other. Wow. So it's just insane. You know, it's all of, and we, you know, we, we got along pretty well. I mean, we, we bashed a few heads and we broke some things, but we managed to come out of childhood relatively intact. That's awesome. So is there any history of uh, psychic abilities in your family that you've been able to trace back? Actually, I, my dad, he died when he was 33. Um, about a month before he died, he wakes up in the middle of the night and, and my mom's, what's up? He says, if anything happens to me, George will be perfect for you. And that's the name George. Remember I told you, our friend, our friend, George, George will be perfect for you. And then within six weeks, he was gone. And then mom, um, hadn't seen our, our uncle George in a while. And God bless Uncle George, because he ended up coming along when all of us were starting to come off the rails and lose discipline and act out, you know, with the idea that, you know, dad is gone. We don't know what to do. We don't know how we're going to eat. We don't know how we're going to live. Mom was, and then Uncle George showed up and brought some, uh, 
some reality to our lives and got us back on our feet, you know? And so, uh, great man. And, uh, anyway, it, it just, it was, I don't even know how we got here. Um, forgive me, but it was just a really unusual experience. And I thank God that, uh, by the way, my stepdad, George, my first, my, my first dad, I don't say they're both my dads. Um, they both come and talk to me and I, I need advice sometimes and mm. I get advice and it, I encourage anyone that's lost a, a dad, a mom, a friend, uh, a sibling. If you want to talk to them, give yourself a little quiet time. You can get to talk to them. You just have to learn to find that quiet. Love that. Uh, when my mom well, I was a kid, my mom was 15 and her father passed away oh. and he was, he was a military man. He was driving home, going to surprise the girls for Christmas and had a very bad auto accident and uh, they brought him to the hospital. He didn't make it. Uh, they were trying to get the girls to go see him and he, he passed the day after Christmas. And so my mom never got to see him and she was about 15, uh, going on 16. And she remembers as a, as a child, she remembers being able to see him occasionally and have conversations with him. And growing up, hearing those things, I was always fascinated by it. Um, and then our grandfather, who's still, she called him both her dad, Grandpa Al, he came into my grandmother's life. And again, you know, it was like she saw both of these individuals as her dad. And when grandpa passed, you know, he had an experience before he passed that he talked about and saw my cousin who had passed years ago with his mom, who was there visiting. So, you know, it's always been in my family to talk about these things. You know, it's not something that's so taboo, you know, raised, you know, you know, Roman Catholic, you know, but not really devout, but having those things, you know, there's some certain taboos there, but my mom yeah. was always a believer. Uh, I lost my mom back in February and she's passed and uh, it's been the most challenging thing for me. Um, and, you know, I, I talk to her daily. Um, I, I, I haven't heard anything, but I know she's listening and I know she's with me. Um, but I also am guilty of the, I miss yous, you know, there's nothing. It's, it's part of being human. And that all I can suggest is that maybe find um, that, seven minute vacation, three minute vacation and work the way up to it, you know? Yeah. And, and also too, she may be talking to you and you may be just telling yourself, Oh, that's me. Or she's telling me she loves me. Right. Editing. Don't edit it. What do you think she's going to want to tell you when she sees you the first 30 seconds? I love you. I miss you. I'm, I'm, I, I know how your life is. I know. And I'm proud of you. Right. You don't stop being mom or dad just because you, you, um, Trent, you, Cross the veil, you know. Yeah. So, so trust it when you hear something. I do. I and definitely do. Try writing it. See that make you know what I like about the writing is that it causes you to slow down a little. So and then you know once you slow down, you can maybe soak up a little bit more information because it it can be wildly exciting and nerve wracking if you just kind of like. I mean, it's still wonderful to know that you can feel them, you know. And and if you have something of hers, a pair of glasses, uh, uh, some a scarf, anything, a little memento, 
well, throw that on your shoulder or let the, feel it, a glove, whatever she, you know, some, uh, if she wore a ring, put it in your pinky and see, you know, relax and see what comes through. Absolutely. I, I swear, I, you know, I've, I've had those feelings of her presence. Um, and it was, you know, within the first couple of weeks after she had passed. And um, I'll never forget that those feelings or those sensations, just feeling her presence. And, and that kind of knowing this, that it was, I felt like I was with her. Mm-hmm. And it's the only way I can explain it, if that makes sense. Um, you know, and you question, is that my mind playing tricks on me? Is it me wanting it so badly? You know, but I believe. And I, and you're doing the right thing. You are. Yeah. It's, it's hard when we miss people and uh, you it must en- encounter so many folks that, you know, come to you for some closure or maybe some, you know, some guidance. And, uh, that must, that's a, it's a burden to carry. And, uh, well, I feel blessed truly, you know, yeah. I mean, uh, this is a blessing. It's also, you know, I would say, I would substitute, um, a burden for responsibility. I think like responsibilities are, are, are things that you, you get to have if you do certain things correctly. You have the responsibility of taking care of yourself, paying, paying your mortgage, paying, taking care of some people you love, being good to the people that you love. Those are responsibilities, and this is too. And I try to honor it, you know, as best I can. I love that. What advice would you give to individuals? I know you touched upon this a little earlier, but you know, if someone's trying to be open to those things, I know you had said, you know, find that seven minute vacation, you know, take time, meditate, really just center yourself. How about protecting themselves? You said you've been in environments to protect themselves. What are some things you might do to protect yourself? Well, um, I do say, um, again, my our fathers hail marys i actually i mean even for people who aren't particularly christian or, or whatever whatever your faith is jewish i have so many jewish friends who do this with me too mm-hmm. but there is um I, I i say a prayer it says if your prayer whatever your prayer is i um i say a prayer of michael the archangel um i say you know and i would say whatever your faith is you know let uh, let that prayer inform the protection that you want. I mean, work with Wiccan people. It doesn't matter. We're all all uh, rivers lead to the ocean. All religions are rivers and the ocean is God. And so um, find that place where you feel better and, but have faith in it because sometimes your, your belief can be challenged, you know, um, make sure that it, it's very sobering when you you see something that's not good. And just also to anyone getting started, we can maybe wrap in this, that if you do get, and when you get started, you have to protect yourself. You can't leave. I hate Ouija boards, I'll be honest with you. Those things, that to me is like the proverbial leaving the door open in a bad neighborhood. Some people are great with them. God bless, go, go do it. Mm. But I would just say, Say prayers. Be very conscious um, that not all spirits are um, loving. Some are negative and controlling and oppressive. Mm. They want to oppress you. Uh, also, too, um, I don't do readings. I don't. I don't drink and divine. 
You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Don't do it. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Someone's going to get hurt. Oh, that's a hashtag in of itself. Oh, don't drink and divine. Don't drink and divine. Because you don't know who you're going to bump into, and they may not be what you think. They may no. not be what you think. So I try to be conscious and to protect yourself. Um, and and don't be too hard on yourself. People think that I'm going to go out there and, and it's like, I'm going to get great messages and I'm going to become, it's like, this is a walk. It's a path. It takes a while. You know, be patient with yourself. And you'll start, you know what, it's almost like, if, I mean, there are people who are great singers and some of them, a small percent are probably born hitting every note right out of the gate, mm-hmm. power range. But for the rest of the people, it's, it's a process of learning how to recognize the voice and to, to refine it, you know? Mm-hmm. So if you start out, you get a couple of messages that are useful. Um, remember how that feels. Did that voice feel like were you talking to you or was it something else? So um, I would encourage people to just say, get used to hearing that different voice and then try to repeat it. Give yourself that opportunity to, to get better at it and you'll grow. You'll become stronger and clearer and then maybe you can help people. I think that's great advice, especially for anyone listening to that might be interested in it uh or might also possess some gift of their own yes uh before we wrap do you happen to have any reading recommendations that you would encourage folks to check out sure um um let's see one of my uh i met him this great guy john holland is really a, a great psychic medium um he's in upstate new york i think or or um somewhere in massachusetts okay met him i think he's great Suzanne Wilson is the real deal. Those two right off the bat are the real deal. There's a couple of people I've met that are just really wonderful. Molly Morningstar up in Wisconsin is the real deal. And they, um, I think, I don't know if Molly has written a book, but certainly John Holland has written a number of them. Mm. He's legit. I, um, I, I actually was very inspired by reading some books by John Edward to begin with. You know, I found his experiences uh, resonated with me. I don't know. Um, I think he's legit. I've seen him do some great work in person. I don't, I can't vouch for any one person's. I just know I've, I've worked with, say, John Holland a couple of times. Uh, there's uh, other great folks out there. And I would say that if you're thinking that you want to do this, um, it, it's, it's, you know, read some books to see how they resonate. Um, there's one title of a book that I love. We are, uh, we are their heaven. Ellison Dubois, who was the basis for that TV series, I think, um, a medium. Ellison hmm. Dubois is out in uh, Arizona. Okay. She's great. And um, just in terms of spiritual stuff, uh, Dr. Herb Puryear, P-U-R-Y-E-A-R, is also an amazing writer. Um, he founded the Logos Church. Um, it's based on the teachings of Edgar Casey. Oh, okay. Uh, Casey is a, was an amazing, uh, wonderful human. Is was is uh, an amazingly gifted being, spiritual person, and 
I've loved reading about him. And uh, Herb knows is, is one of the leading experts on him if you want to learn about that. Awesome. Wow. Well, Mark. If anyone can... wants to find me, can I tell people where to? Yeah, I was going to suggest, please give us some plugs, please. <laughs> All right, here's a shameless plug. Dude. If you want to find me. <laughs> yeah you know you know you know um you can find me at mark nelson medium.com that's mark nelson medium.com and uh i have my reading schedule there um you'll see other tidbits so you can email me if you have questions and i'm happy to be of service i'm happy to to do what i can and um that's that's where i am right now i love that and, uh, you know, in closing, I think it's great that uh, our producer, my producer, George, his name is George Richter. And before we got on camera, you were telling me a story. Would you mind sharing real quickly? Sure. Well, um, I get a lot of emails and I don't always, you know, snag all of them. I mean, I try to get to most of them because I'm just, I, it just seems to be the polite thing to do. Mm-hmm. And then I saw George Richter and it's like, oh, my God, I thought it said George Tricker. My father's, my, my stepdad, my dad, I just have to say he's my dad. George Tricker is the name of my dad. And he wasn't here. He's, he's crossed. So when I saw that, I just like, ding, I have to look at that. And then I just, I trusted my feelings. Like I feel really good having that message from dad. And then George turns out to be a great guy. Hello, George. <laughs> hey, George. Looking. Hey, George. How you doing, buddy? And, uh, so it was just a wonderful little connection and I appreciated it very much. Mm. And so um, that's how you and I came to hang out. I love that. I can come back if you want me back. I'd love to come back. I would love to have you back sincerely with all my heart. Um, Jay, it was a pleasure meeting you. You're a fun guy. Oh, thank you. Mark Christopher Nelson. And there you have it. I thoroughly enjoyed my conversation and laughs with Mark Christopher Nelson. I can't thank you enough, Mark, for just being on Into the Deep. I truly appreciate you and what you're doing for other people. What a fascinating story and so many things that we learned. We learned some tips for some folks who are maybe trying to develop their own psychic abilities on how they can protect themselves in certain situations, or maybe even how to quiet their mind and take that seven-minute vacation. I think we could all benefit from that seven-minute vacation regardless of psychic endeavors or not. But what a great tool to use to quiet the mind and listen to what's around us. We also heard some great reading recommendations. We heard about We Are Their Heaven, a renowned medium and best-selling author, Alison Dubois. We also heard about the author, John Holland. Uh, some books by John Holland would be Spirit Whisperer, Born Knowing, and Bridging Two Realms, amongst many other books. We heard about Suzanne Wilson, Suzanne Wilson's best-selling book, Soul Smart, is one that I still need to check out. We also heard about Dr. Herbert Puryear, P-U-R-Y-E-A-R. Dr. Puryear's 2020 book, A Psychology of the Soul, From the Infinite into the Finite, is one I still need to check out personally. Hit that like button and let us know that you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to subscribe to the channel as well as hit that notification bell so you can find out about new episodes that are coming out. And you can also find us on Instagram at itd.jcosta as well as on Twitter at itd underscore jcosta. So 
Until next time, take care of one another and keep thinking for yourself.